is there any scenario where you actually see not even both of them, just Trout and himself getting traded to the Dodgers right across town? I would think absolutely no chance that would happen. I mean, just Trout has a full no trade, first of all, so he'd have to ask for the trade in a sense. And then for the Angels to want to trade him to their rival Dodgers, and Artie would never, would never, ever, ever give away Mike. Not even, even if it was a fair trade, he would never want Mike Trout on the Dodgers of all teams. If you had the chance to have a beer with your favorite baseball player, what would you talk about? Would you ask the same tired questions like every reporter after the game? How did you feel? What was going through your mind? Yada, yada, yada. Probably not. It's time you hear the stories that these players have never told. This is the Setup Man Podcast, where we have conversations that every fan wants to hear and the stories that every player and coach deserve to share. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on, Setup Nation? Uh, we are back at it with Rumor Has It, checking in with our second team. Good news, LA Angels fans, if you are a fan of the angels. We've got Rhett Bollinger with MLB.com here today. Rhett, thanks so much for jumping on and talking everything hot stove with the angels. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, back to back 73 and 89 seasons haven't made the playoffs since 2014. So this team is not trending great, but potentially it could be even worse next year as the fat lady song on Otani's time in LA. Or do you think, do you think they still have a shot? You know, that's the big $500 million question, right? Yeah. I mean, no one really knows <laughs> yet to go. Um, I think they still have a shot. You know, they're going to do everything they can to try to keep him. They know how much that, you know, he means to them. Um, they have a good relationship still. They treated him really well. Um, I feel like, you know, they kind of let him do his own thing. So there's definitely a comfort factor there, you know, him being comfortable there. But as you said, the biggest thing is they never won, you know, while he was there. Yeah. Never even had a winning record. Uh, he's talked in the past like I said, he's a pretty private person, so we don't know too much about what he wants. But we know in the past he's talked about how much he wants to win, you know. And he, he did win a title in Japan, um, but hasn't even come close to that here. And obviously even won the World Baseball Classic title for Japan. He saw how excited he was for that back in March and striking out Trout and all that. And just how right. pumped up he was to be in playoff atmosphere. And, it, you know, it stinks for baseball and it stinks for him that we haven't got – we haven't seen him at that, you know, in October baseball. And so I, I think that – for him, I think that winning, you know, it means a lot. So it's probably more likely he is going to leave for a team that gives him a better chance to, to be on a winning team consistently. Um, but he's also, I said, he kind of goes against the grain sometimes. So if anybody really thinks they know, they, they don't. They really don't. I mean, even the last time he signed with the Angels, that was a, a pretty big surprise for most people. Um, so to me, it's definitely going to be fascinating. I do think he'll probably sign before the winter meeting. So it could happen here in about wow. two weeks or so. So it could happen pretty, pretty fast. Um, you never know, but just based on his history, um, I think he kind of likes to get things done. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. But I, I think the Angels still have a chance, but uh, not a great one. But I do think they're still in that mix. I think that would be huge for the offseason, too, if he signs that quickly. Just the things it'll do for guys like Bellinger and maybe even Chapman. I mean, those are really, aside from Otani, kind of the top two position players. Um, what kind of effect and impact do you think that'll have if he signs that early? Yeah, I think it would be a good thing. Kind of opens up the market. Teams that were chasing Otani now will know whether or not they have him. Obviously, only one team right. can get him. So the teams that lose out on him could, could pivot and, and try to get a Cody Bellinger to, you know, add to their lineup. Or, you know, there's not too many other marquee free agents out there right now. But I yeah. do think once he, 
you know, once he signs, I think the floodgates will probably start opening up a little bit. Right now, as you know, it's been a pretty slow offseason. We're starting to see it the last couple of days, some moves. And, you know, Aaron Nola was kind of the first one off the board, but he went back to his, uh, you know, his old team. Um, so I think once Otani does sign, and usually the winter meetings are kind of when some of the moves start kind of happening. Um, so I think in the next few weeks here, maybe the next 10 days, we'll start to see some more player movement. But I do think that he's the biggest domino by far. And once he falls, I think that more deals will start to trickle out uh, as a result. Well, I, I know you say he's a private guy, and I know that there's the language barrier as well. But just being around the team, being around his translator, was there anything during the year that was ever discussed around you or just whispers within your circle that express anything about his desire to want to stay in any region of the country or wanting to go to a winning team over being, that seems to be the biggest question mark right now is like, is he willing to go to the East coast? Because the West coast was such a big deal for him when he first came to America. Yeah, it's a great question. I think the one way people we kind of lean on the most mostly are talking to the other Japanese reporters that cover him every day. They have a pretty good sense of Otani. And so he is very private, so doesn't really say things too much out loud. But we do know mm -hmm. he does like Boston a lot as a city um, and really likes Fenway Park. Um, we know he loves playing in New York, you know, just the Yankee Stadium, just the, the kind of just the crowds there and just the atmosphere and everything else. But does that mean he wants to play in those markets? Just being around him and knowing what he likes just kind of just – in terms of his personality and his style, I don't think he'd want that. I don't think he'd want to deal with the, the even just the media obligations and everything else and just the whole being in that kind of a spotlight. This doesn't really remind me of him. But like I said, sometimes he does things that are surprising and against the grain. But to me, also same thing in the Midwest. I mean, I think the Cubs are maybe the one team that have the chance. And obviously the Rangers down there uh, coming off that World Series title could maybe yeah. entice him as well. Um, but I do think the West Coast makes more sense for him, and that's why I think the Dodgers are obviously the favorite. Um, I think, you know, if the Giants are probably the biggest wild card of, of any of the teams involved because they have the money to make it happen if they want to. Um, but have they won enough? I don't know if, if that's even a, a case either. And I think the Mariners at this point seem like they're probably out. The Padres, same thing because of money concerns. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams interested, and he's going to have these meetings. But even this, now he's saying he doesn't want – even teams to leak out that he had him. Right. I'd be mad about that. I mean, even, you know, as far as, you know, yeah, he just, he's very private. Even his dog that he had at his MVP thing, he didn't want the dog name out there. So, I mean, he's, he's that private. So people didn't even know he had a dog until the dog was there giving him a high five on live TV. So that's just kind of, it's hard to get a real read on, but you know, you try to, and you, you're, I'm around him a ton, you know, during the season and have been since 2019 and certainly talk to the Japanese media a ton. They're the nicest, greatest people. And they're, you know, our, our best source of info on Otani. So that's kind of how you try to find out. But even then it's, it's just hard to really know exactly what he wants. Last question about Otani. And then we'll start to talk a little bit more about what the angels are doing here in the off season. Um, just what you said, right? Like privacy is such a big thing for him. He doesn't even want teams leaking out when they're talking to him. Um, I just get the sense that a guy like that doesn't care as much about the money. Do you get that same feel? And I know he's going to get the, the richest contract ever in MLB, but I don't think that that's what's driving him. Do you? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's definitely not driving him. The money, he could, honestly, in a weird way, he could carry less. I mean, he, even when he finally got, you know, his contract, he came over to the U.S., he could have waited several more years and got a lot more money. He didn't do it. Yeah. Even when he did the home run derby and got all the money, he literally gave it all back to the Angels employees 
Um, okay. And obviously, they did this thing now with New Balance and gave you know what, like thirty thousand gloves to kids in Japan. Yeah, he doesn't. The money does not drive him in the slightest. I mean, he's going to get. He said he's going to get the biggest contract ever, regardless. But like, that's not what he's trying to do, or, or that's not the money's not important to him. So I think to him, it's more about trying to play, play, find a place where he can win and be comfortable. Um, and that's why I think that you know the Dodgers on paper make the most sense because I think he does like it in this area down here in Southern California. The Dodgers win consistently. They have other superstars like, you know, Betts and Freeman to kind of take the spotlight off them a little bit. It's the same kind of media contingent out here. They're not really, you know, the same kind of the same way the Philly or Boston or New York media is. It's just different out here. We don't really have the talk radio scene. So it's just, there's just a different vibe. And I think he likes that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's just still impossible to predict. But we can kind of go off little things we know about him just from, from being around in the last, you know, at least for me, the last five years. Sure. Okay. Well, let's pivot. You know, you guys have gone through a couple managers the last few years. Joe Madden didn't work out. Phil Nevin uh, looked like he was going to have some success, but like you said, you know, the, just mid season seemed like both years just kind of had the meltdowns. Um, now Ron Washington, who, you know, used to be a, a manager has kind of found a role as a bench coach associate manager for the last few years. Do you think he's positioned to be successful as a manager again? How do what, what's the feel that you guys are getting on Ron Washington? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it's going to be interesting to find out here. I mean, he is 71 years old, but, you know, at his press conference, it was pretty impressive. You know, definitely a very uh, motivational uh, guy that can hopefully get a lot out of these players. They do have, you know, a lot of young players right now. They're trying to build up, you know, their first baseman, Nolan Shanuel, was, you know, called up after 40 days in the minors and actually performed well in September. And their shortstop, Zach Neto, is a rookie last year that was drafted the year before that. You know, Logan O'Hoppy, their catcher, was a rookie last year. So, and they're young pitching, you know, a lot of their guys in rotation, you know, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, Griffin Canning, you know, they're all in their mid-20s, you know, Chase Silseth uh, is a young guy. So there's a lot of young guys here that, you know, that, that if they can get those guys, that's how they're going to get back is if their young players perform. Um, and I think kind of having him be a kind of a good motivator and just a good coach too. He's talked about how a lot of times nowadays in the majors, especially with the Angels, a lot of these guys come up to the majors and they're not quite the finished product yet. They're not, they haven't been out in the minors for, for very long and kind of got their full at bats or amount of pitches they really need. Um, maybe just because of need or just the way that the game's going. And I think he at least understands that and is a really good coach. And I think that also helps as a manager that he can coach and help these players. And then also just his yeah. motivational skills. But at the same time, you know, they, they've just got to, it's going to be more than that. You know, he's not going to fix all the problems. They've got to fix this roster. They got to find better pitching and they, you know, and they got to continue to, find ways to get, you know, Rendon and Trout healthy and productive. So there's, there's a lot of things here, but I do think it was a good hire. I think that he seems like an inspiring choice. At the same time, I didn't think that it was Phil Nevin's fault either. Phil, I feel like the players really did like him, kind of like a fatherly bond. Uh, and I think that he kept them motivated too. It just, it just didn't work out. And they, you know, like I said, they had that slide in the middle of the season, just like the year before. Um, and I think they're just hoping with Ron that that won't happen, but it's going to be more about the players than Ron, I think. But I do think that it was a good hire. I think the coaching staff so far he's built has been, you know, pretty solid as well. Talking about rumors of maybe guys coming in, is there anyone or any reason for you to believe that because Ron has been around the block a few times, maybe there's some guys on rosters that he's been on that loved playing for him, especially infielders maybe that, you know, really hold him as part of the reason why they were able to improve their defense. Any any sort of guys on the radar like that that you think maybe could come over in a trade or 
free agency that have some prior history with Washington? It's a good question. I know that some guys have definitely had some Elvis Andrews is the guy that's definitely had that kind of, you know, uh, history with him in the past with the Rangers. And he's definitely a veteran has been around for a long time. And, but even a free agent like Tim Anderson hasn't been around him specifically, but I think, you know, I think being, I think that'd probably be a good match. Uh, yeah. You know, and right now that the coaching staff, they definitely added a lot of, uh, you know, the diversity and all that to the, to the staff as well. So I think that could probably be a good match with Tim Anderson, um, you know, as an infielder, to add to that mix. So, yeah. And I think, you know, Perry talked about the GM just saying that he thinks that there's a lot of players around the league that really like Ron and he's a player's manager. So I do think that'd be attractive to the free agents to want to play for Ron Washington. Um, so yeah, well, I'm curious to see if that will, you know, I mean, that stuff will happen. Um, we've seen that happen with, you know, Perry bringing in a lot of guys that he's been with in the past with the Braves and the Blue Jays, including, you know, he'd known Ron, the GM of the Angels had known Ron since their days with the Rangers back in 2007 and even, work together in Atlanta. So yeah, you're right. Those kind of things happen a lot when you've known somebody and, and work with somebody. I'd have to do probably more research to find out exactly what guys would be available and what guys would have ties to him. But it's a great question. I do think that that stuff definitely could happen. Well, and speaking of rumors, you know, right across the way from you guys is really the favorites for Otani, at least from a media perspective with the Dodgers. And then now there's reports of both Otani and Trout just going right over to the Dodgers. And I, I just, you know, we, we have to laugh at some of these rumors because it's the off season and people just like to play games and, and see what would uh, make the news. But is there any scenario where you actually see not even both of them, just Trout and himself getting traded to the Dodgers right across town? I would think absolutely no chance that would happen. I mean, just, Trout has a full no trade, first of all, so he'd have to ask for the trade in a sense. And then for the Angels to want to trade him to their rival Dodgers, and Artie would never, would never, ever, ever give away Mike. Not even, even if it was a fair trade, he would never want Mike Trout on the Dodgers of all teams. He knows how much Mike Trout, you know, just as a face of the franchise, is, has a lot of value to the Angels. You know, he's kind of the most, you know, him and Otani are so marketable. They still draw well from a business perspective, even though they haven't won, they still do really well. And because Artie knows that there are only a few stars in MLB that can make, you know, that can make you money in that sense that are, you know, people that, you know, bring in players, people want to see and trust one of those players. And there's just no way that he'd want to give up a guy like that, no matter what he got back. Um, so could Trout be traded in general? Even that to me would be a stretch just because same thing, the no trade clause, how much money he still owed on his contract, you know, his under contract through 2030. Angels would probably have to eat some of that money to get a really big return. And I don't think they'd want to do that even from a PR standpoint to get rid of Trout. So to me, a trade at all to trade Trout just seems very unlikely. Um, would it make sense to reset and kind of go young? And, and especially if they don't bring back Batani, probably, but they're still not going to do it. Um, and especially not to the Dodgers. There's just, there's just no way that the owner of the Angels, Artie Moreno, would ever sign off on a trade that let the Dodgers have Mike Trout on their team to go along with Betts and Freeman. They would sell it every single game and Artie would not, would not want anything close to that. So, yeah. So let's set up a scenario here. Let's say Trout stays. Let's say Otani is gone, which is kind of feeling like the buzz right now. Yeah. Is, is this team now expecting in your eyes that it's going to be another couple of years before they're really making a playoff push or is there enough, talent coming up that there could actually be some playoff push in this team in 2024? I think realistically, I mean, they're probably not going to be a playoff team next year, but they're going to try. That's the thing. They always try. I mean, already they tried to, you know, they tried every off season, last off season, they, they made a lot of moves 
in an yeah. attempt to shore up their depth. It just didn't work out. And I think they'll probably do the same thing this offseason, too. And, and, you know, maybe if they don't get a time, they'll pivot and they'll go big and get Bellinger and add Bellinger to their outfield um, and maybe trade, you know, Adele finally. or you know, But if not, we'll go with the role with Adele and Moniak out there with, you know, Trout and, and Ward. But I, I do think they're going to try to add talent because they, I think Artie just wants to try to continue to win. So they're not going to look to to rebuild or anything like that. So, But are they going to be able to add enough to, to make a run? It's just hard to say. They have to hit on pretty much every signing. And, you know, it, it has happened in the past. And really, you know, what this year was, 85 wins gets you in. So it's not like you have to be an elite team. But they really do need, you know, but I said a lot of those young guys to step up. And then you need Trout to be healthy for a full year and kind of back to at least close to his old self. And then Rendon, at this point, it's been, you know, several years since they gave him anything. But if he could give him anything at all, that would be a huge boost too. So uh, I do expect them to still try this offseason, even if they don't get Otani and still make some moves to add to their, their you know, the roster. But is it going to be enough in that division? Probably not. So it's just hard to say. They yeah. kind of always spin in their wheels trying, but never getting anywhere. But uh, eventually, I think in a couple of years, maybe once these young guys um, continue to develop, I think we'll be in a better spot. But I, I do think in the next year, it's going to be a little bit tough. I think baseball and its fans have been missing – a major piece of this game with no Otani and no trout in the playoffs. And it's really disappointing to see what's been going on with Rendon and all the, the rumors in the, you know, behind the scenes as well. But let, let's talk future right now of this off season. You mentioned Tim Anderson, potentially I've seen rumors about maybe JD Martinez, maybe Justin Turner. What's the most, what's the rumor that has the most legs to it to you right now? Uh, that could potentially be a, a big signing or at least uh, the, the first signing for the Angels to at least get things started. Yeah, I mean, I think Justin Turner would make a lot of sense. You know, I know that he loved playing out here for the Dodgers. He's from the area. He went to Fullerton right down the street from Angel Stadium. He'd be a perfect fit for them clubhouse-wise. And then also he could DH. If, you know, obviously if Otani's not back, um, he could DH and also play some corner infield, which they need because Rendon obviously is always a question mark with his injury history and, and Shanwell, as much as he had a great September, he's still going to be a rookie who was just drafted. So to me, just because of the positional versatility, that would make a lot of sense because he can play both corners, not third as well as he used to, but um, can still fill in there here and here and there. And then, you know, JD Martinez, same thing would make sense if they don't get Otani. I don't think they'd probably get Turner and Martinez because they're kind of similar right-handed bat. Um, but I really do think if, if they don't get Otani, they're going to make a run. I think at Bellinger, just because I think, they, they want to try to continue to compete, and I think that he fits in well as a power left-handed bat to replace Otani in that lineup. It can offer same thing, can play some outfield, which is a need, an area need for them, and also some first base to fill in for Shanuel when he needs to, too. So he's going to obviously get a lot of money. I'm, I'm assuming Bellinger's probably going to get you know, over $100 million, so it's, it's not going to be a small contract. But if, if Otani's off the books, they will have some money to spend. Um, you know, their, their big money is obviously wrapped up in Trout and, and Rendon, and Rendon, same thing. It's not going to go anywhere. They've, he's still under contract for three more years at $38.5 million, so no team's going to take that on at this point. Um, even if they ate money, it would be pretty impossible to, to move on. So, yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot, but they're going to say they're going to try. They're going to continue to try to add pieces here and, and probably add a, a starter, uh, probably some a bullpen uh, armor too. So they'll be active. Uh, you know, It's just going to be a matter of what's going to happen with Otani, and then they'll kind of pivot from there. Like I said, hopefully that does happen here. In the next few weeks, they can kind of get on with their offseason and kind of get things going here. Well, it feels like ever since Otani came over, and you know, we can even go back to when Trout came in, 
so much pressure on one or two guys just does not seem to be working. So when we look at losing Otani, but then bringing in Bellinger and spending a ton of money again, is, is that really the right move for the angels right now? Or does it make more sense to get a 10 million contract here, a 5 million here, make a couple trades here to get some guys that are under control for a few more years, just to start building balance for the future. Yeah, I mean, that would make more sense, but it's just the Angels, and they don't usually always do what makes sense, you know? Mm. Uh, Artie does love his stars. It's like the Rendon contract really didn't make that much sense at the time and clearly ended up being, uh, you know, a tough contract for them because he's been hurt and, you know, just a lot of issues in general. So, you know, I think Artie just likes to have the big star player like that, and Bellinger definitely would be marketable on this market. I mean, Dodger fans love – I mean, even even with the way it ended, they still love him here, you know, the way that he won them a World Series in 2020 and just just his persona – you know, it's hard not to like Cody Bellinger. It just kind of has that fun persona. So um, I think that would be enticing to them. But yeah, and then I think last offseason, they finally did have, I thought, like a pretty decent one where they went out and got a bunch of guys uh, on expiring deals. You know, they went out and they traded for Shella and they traded for Renfro and, you know, they signed Matt Moore and they signed Carlos Estevez and Tyler Anderson was coming off a great year with the Dodgers. They spread around their money. And it looked like it was a really good idea, and they were going to get to you know the mid '80s side, high '80s, and wins, and maybe get sneak into the wild card. Um, and it just didn't work out. A lot of those deals, some of those guys just didn't perform. Some of them did, and then some guys got you know Urshela got hurt, and and just all these you know that whole plan just didn't work out at all. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm kind of curious to see what they want to do this off season. It's not a particularly great free agent class, but I think there's enough depth here and there they could kind of add some pieces, and then it would probably would make more sense to yeah, just get a bunch of guys than just Bellinger, but just knowing their history and what they like to do. I think they're, they're more likely to try to go after a Bellinger type just because that's just what they historically have done. All right. Brett Bollinger with MLB.com. Thanks so much for giving us some insight on the angels and uh, we'll see if Otani or Bellinger are in that red and white come 2024. Thank you so much. Poor. Thanks for having me on.